Hey everyone, you're now part of the B2B Power Hour and I'm your host, Nicholas Dickett. I'm Morgan Smith. We help sales professionals power up their sales skills from first touch to revenue, one hour at a time. Join us for weekly live shows and interviews with industry experts breaking down what works and what doesn't in the remote sales era. Now, on to today's episode. Guys, welcome to the very first B2B Power Hour in person. So guys, this is a testament to social. This is a story that we don't normally tell all that often, Mm -hmm. but this is the first time me and Morgan have ever met. In person. In person. We met through social. Mm -hmm. We've been working together through social, and this is the first time, the very first time that we've met, but we built a business together. We've run the show together. And it's just a testament to the power of social can have when you do it right and you build relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's what carries. Mm-hmm. Hi, Dan. Yes, we are clowns. Thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to do this in person. <laughs> and uh, honestly, to what Nick was saying, like we've basically only used social to do this. And this whole show and everyone here joining us today, I mean... This happened because we've been doing this for over a year. And so the topic today, how to book 80% of your meetings on the social or more is what we do. I mean, it's literally what we do. This is 100% of what B2B Power Hour and Aligned is. And I'm thrilled and excited (laughs) to do an in-person one with Nick. So a long time, long time coming. A long time coming. I don't know. Should we do a question of the day? Mm, Do you have one? No. (laughs) Actually, I have a question for you guys. So is there anybody that you guys really want to meet in person for the first time that you're social friends? Mm -hmm. Who is that person? Throw in the comments. Yeah. Throw it in chat. We want to see. There's more of this out there. We know. I mean, I see a number of names in this chat who I would love to meet in person, right? Like power of this live show. Right. I mean, I think Nick was top priority. So where, where does Morgan get his shirts? I know he's got to take me shopping. I know. Well, thank you. <laughs> didn't, didn't want to go and say anything. <laughs> I love all of the uh, names being dropped in chat. I mean, I think who's, I mean, there's so many that we know from LinkedIn that I, would be my answer to this. Josh Braun. Mm-hmm. I want Jen, to go, uh, Jen Allen. Mm, Jen Allen would be would a be blast. Amazing. Amelia Taylor would be a blast. Amelia and I would <laughs> tear up a city. <laughs> well, keep on. Oh, and yes. Of course, Elon. Great choices. Great choices. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny Holder will crawl over broken glass to get to her. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. Happy Friday. Will Allred, solid choice. He's going to Saster, so. Oh, maybe. I don't, maybe. <laughs> where do you, so where do you think we should start off today? Oh. This is so, so weird. I know. <laughs> <laughs> actually being in person, yeah, like, just like, what do you think? Oh, I gotta actually look at you. Yeah. I can't just look at the screen. <laughs> yes, Lila, together. I know, together at last. <laughs> um, honestly, the thing I think about most is credibility. Hmm. And the foundation for this whole thing, this whole live show, the all social, (laughs) I know, uh, (laughs) you got to watch the top of the camera here. The foundation for everything on social starts with credibility. And 
the reason that that is, is because your presence as a seller, yeah, I mean, you need credibility no matter what kind of sales motion you're running, right? Your buyer has to view you as credible. And that's true if you call them, that's true if you email them. But in social, credibility is the foundation because your picture and your name is attached to everything you do. So if you're not building credibility with your buyers, if you're not building up this foundation, your buyers are just going to ignore you. I mean, we're all overwhelmed with so much information today. It's no secret that we have way too much content marketing, way too many posts out on LinkedIn. It's so easy to be tuned out. And credibility allows you to not be tuned out. Yeah, it's it opens up the conversation. Because how many times mm-hmm. have we been hit up with different people getting you know pitch slapped? And then you have the people that have a genuine ask. But because the engagement in public earned the conversations in private, they've earned the right. They have credibility. You know that when we have a conversation, it's going to be good. They've earned that. And I think that's the glue that really comes together through social is having that credibility, knowing that it's going to be a good conversation. Because I think that's the biggest fear of most people right now is we're all so busy. And so is it worth my time? Really, like even when you're cold calling, whenever you're doing social outreach, when you're sending an email, is this worth my time is what everybody's asking. But when you're putting out really great content and you're making it work. That's credibility. That's credibility. I think it was Franklin Covey who had like put together a credibility framework. And the essential idea is, can I trust you? (laughs) This is what credibility is, right? Can I trust you? Can I solve the problem that I'm experiencing? Are you a good person? And is it worth my time, as Nick was saying? So if you don't have credibility, if you're not building trust, if you're not just showing up with good intentions, this is actually something about the pitch lab, I think, on the credibility challenge, is like, if you're just out there constantly pitching, constantly, as Greg said, pushing, you're trying to get the market to pay attention to you, you don't have great intentions. You're just out there to sell basically and social credibility credibility on social comes back to like can are you a good person of course and can i trust you and the way you do that is by not trying to sell them by not instantly pitching them every single opportunity you get like it's i'm at a loss for words because i'm so excited we're in person today uh i think about like going to see a doctor Mm. when you go to see a doctor if it's the first time you've ever seen that doctor even though they're a professional sometimes you question it Right. But if it's your family doctor, you don't, there's no, like, oh, they say that I have this, then I I probably do because they've built that reputation over time. I think that's the really cool thing about social is that your reputation is built over time and it really adds that it fills the whole picture. Mm. So now Mm -hmm. when you're doing any type of outreach, that's a great conversation. Mm hmm. I saw uh, Brian's, what if you aren't a good person? Well, then you're really screwed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So on social, credibility comes back to your profile. It comes back to building a good profile, profile that connects and and tells stories. It passes the three-second test. If this is your first time with B2B Power Hour, we talk about this all the time. Will somebody, when they visit your profile, scroll? Will they understand what you do enough from your headline, from your cover photo? When you scroll... Are they prompted to learn more? That's total credibility. Hi, Saad. Yes way. <laughs> we are in person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the reason that 
credibility is important and it starts with your profile is that everything you do on social, the reason your credibility challenge comes back to this is because every outbound, inbound strategy you run on social, every nurture sequence you run on social, every sales navigator list you create, and everything you're doing against those accounts or leads inside sales navigator comes back to your profile. Like your name, your photo is attached to everything you do. And that's not the case in other outreach channels, right? That's not the case when you're doing email. Somebody, uh, you know, we hear from VPs sometimes that they'll look up the seller. They'll Google your name and your company. And that's what your email is going to do. It'll prompt that. But it is a prerequisite on social. It's a nature of the platform that it comes back to your profile. So if you don't have a strong profile, if you don't have the basics down so far, then you're not going to get the sort of results that you're hoping. We have a puppy joining us. I believe. Maybe. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. A little friend. Hello. Izo. Izo. I know nobody's giving you attention. <laughs> but I think so you have your credibility. You've built this profile. Now the boss is saying, get some work done. Get some results. Like, can't you use social to actually book some meetings? And so I think the most important part that we need to start is how do you actually structure your day? And does other channels fit into the mix? Mm. And I think that's the part where it gets lost is people think that it's social or die. It's cold call or nothing. It's email or nothing. And that's just not how it works. And so one of the things you really want to incorporate is social is asynchronous for the most part. People will do it on their own time, but that's your advantage. And so for it to work, it's not like a cold call because it won't be as fast, but you have to give it time. So one of the things that changed the game for me, first thing in the morning, I would post my content and I would start commenting. And then I wouldn't touch LinkedIn for a while. Sometimes I'd wait until just after lunch, or I would actually go right to the end of the day. And so that way I could balance it out and give it time to work so I could actually keep those conversations rolling. The thing that I didn't expect is it builds momentum. Because mm. if like me and you are talking and then we join somebody else in talking and you know maybe we're talking to Lila or Greg and all of a sudden it compounds. And so when you're consistent on social, it keeps moving everything forward. And next thing you know, instead of having one or two conversations or tracking activities, you're managing dozens of activities at any given time. So when you're outside of that social time, so when you're picking up the phone and you're calling them or shooting them an email to nail down that meeting because you've earned it through your engagement in public, they know who you are. They're having conversations. So picking up the phone and calling them, you're not a foreigner. They know who you are. They're expecting you. Um, what's her name from Gong? Sarah Brazier. Mm. This is how she really like really made it work. She was one of the first people I saw, kind of like the OG social seller. Mm -hmm. But she warmed everything up with social. And then she would call on the phone. Yeah. Like it wasn't just one or the other. <laughs> like, but this is how you have to stack it. But it really comes down to how strategically you're using it. Mm -hmm. So if you're running in the morning, what would you do first thing in the morning? What what has been the best thing for you, Morgan? First thing in the day, it's a piece of content that I post. It's not always good. I don't know what to tell you. Some days there's just not good content, but it's a post. It's consistency. It's trying to keep up that compounding effect. And then comments. Like That is the first chunk. It's just content and comments. And there's some strategy around the, the comment side because 
if you do this really intentionally and you have a sales navigator license, you can set up uh, triggers or notifications or alerts inside sales navigator with lead lists and account lists that allow you to focus on the active accounts on social, the people who are posting content and engage with it. And in my experience, I think we over prioritize immediate engagement. So on some of the larger accounts, like the influencer accounts, well, how, how many, when we were first started, oh gosh, how much, how many times did we burn, not burn relationships, no, huh. but basically pushed it off? Yes. Because we're like, come on, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like I, mm-hmm. I sent you a comment, like you should comment you back. Should comment back. Exactly. And then as soon as you change that mentality, it mm-hmm. changes the whole game because now you can layer. Yes. And one thing that I think people forget with like comments and content mm-hmm. is that most people aren't posting. Yeah. <laughs> so like this is yeah. actually bigger. A lot of people, a lot of you guys will go and send us DMs. You're like, yeah, but my audience isn't on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. They may not be posting on LinkedIn, but if you actually go through their activity, mm-hmm. they'll be liking and they may not necessarily be commenting, but they're there. Yeah. They're on there to be entertained. They're on there to watch the B2B power hour. <laughs> they're on there to go and learn new things. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is why you got to go and do high value work. Like Nate Nisrael is really good at this. Will Allred's really good at this. They'll read little value drops mm-hmm. and they'll do that strategically and they'll do it openly to so many people that it, it's the outbound that comes inbound. And I, I think that's the art of social selling mm-hmm. is that engagement in public mm-hmm. that it comes back. But like Morgan started this whole conversation. It's also about the credibility piece because if they come back and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like we've all have that one friend that yeah. talks about how much money they make. And then you go and see their house and you're like, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> you're really sure about that? And so from the, the structure piece and prioritizing your time, you know, Sales Navigator doesn't notify you the moment somebody posts. That shouldn't stop you from dropping a good comment, especially if they're a target account or a target lead. And the reason that I start my day off with a piece of content and comments is it's it's sort of like uh, starting up the engine for the day. So if you think about dropping a really good comment, if you have a comment that's insightful, a comment that asks a question, a comment that's a joke, emojis recommended on the jokes. I've seen some jokes go wrong uh, on LinkedIn where somebody is not... It's never happened never You know, you got to imply intent there. And then and tagging in peers and friends. And, and I know Kellen, who's here with us today, does this really well. He'll put a comment and then tag in like three of his close peers that he talks with all the time to keep the conversation going. He doesn't do this on every post he comments on. It's usually like one a day at most. And we do that too. The purpose of that is to give you a break to go and do your job. What? You still have to work? You still have to social selling was a job. <laughs> so this is underrated. Like I know Nick and I are on LinkedIn. It seems like we're on LinkedIn a lot. And we're on LinkedIn a lot. We're probably LinkedIn power users compared to normal users. But from the, the flow of our day, the structure of our day, we're actually not on LinkedIn a whole lot. Like we respond to DMs when we have the chance or continue conversations when it makes sense. But most of the activity that you see in our feeds is like strategically timed. Like we're actually like for me in the morning. It's it's also focused. It's super focused. I think that's the biggest thing that when how many people get random acts of social uh, and they just kind of go around. And honestly, that's where we started. All the guides that we read and all the things that we got told to do. Yep. But honestly, half an hour, hour, first thing in the morning, that's yep. all it takes. Half an hour, hour, 
at the end of the day, it's all it takes. Mm-hmm. And you can put in a half an hour in between, but what you, when you do your time blocks, yep. write what you're doing. Mm-hmm. One of the easiest ways to write content, book 15 minutes, book 30 minutes, write content. And then it's when I'm done with this block, <laughs> it needs to be posted, non-negotiable. Yep. In this series, I'm going to go through sales nav and go through my lead filters. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to comment on as many as I can in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. But that's how you do this is it's non-negotiable. And then you just, when you're done, you're done. You move on with your day. You know, social media platforms are built to make us feel like we're missing out, basically. And so there is a strong pulse to always, and I feel this some days when I don't get time structured all that well, that I want I get sucked back into the vortex and you start scrolling the feeds. <laughs> <No>. and, <laughs> and so when when you get caught up in the vortex, your whole day goes away, right? And you lose out on your other potential productive activities. The reason that I comment first off is then people will respond or they'll like the comment or they'll tag in somebody else and the conversation continues. So by the time I check back in around noon, lunchtime for the next block to sort of continue conversations and respond to comments on the post and et cetera, et cetera, that I now have a big checklist to sort of go through and keep it rolling without my day going sideways where I feel like I'm constantly scrolling or constantly in conversation with people. And like, yeah, there's a give and take here, I think, especially on DMs, if what? you're chatting with a prospect, that could be part of some unstructured time. But like, it's so important to chunk out. Well, I find that even too, like if you're too on it, mm. and like you're living on it, you lose your edge a little bit because it gets frustrating, or it feels <laughs> like it becomes a job. But I think uh-huh. <laughs> that's the hardest part about social selling is having the patience mm-hmm. and being structured. Because mm-hmm. when you are structured, it works, you can book over you're like, Evan goes and booked 80 plus meetings. He like last week or whenever their trender was doing their launch, mm-hmm. he booked 50 or 60 meetings in a day. Yeah. But it's, it's knowing how to time block and being very efficient in those time blocks and staying focused and putting the blinders on going, <laughs> I'm not going to go and do this. I'm not going to go and do this. I'm just going to do this. As you're dialing that in, mm-hmm. that's when it gets really great. And so like, what would you say are like the major social power plays? So like, Mm-hmm. So you got your block first thing in the morning, yep. maybe a block in the middle of the day yeah. and then a block at the very end of the day. So mm-hmm. the conversations from the morning mm-hmm. are continuing into the evening mm-hmm. and then they come back and they go to the morning. <laughs> See how this goes? Yeah. So what are, what are the plays though? Like, so mm-hmm. I need to book meetings now. Mm-hmm. My manager's on me. Mm-hmm. What are the power plays that we can run? Well, you have to comment. So we do have a, a three C's sort of thing. We talk about the three C's. So it's like content, comments, and connections or conversations. So one of the major power plays that I use, and actually I think we use all of the time, is finding people who are complaining about problems. Join the gossip. <laughs> but actually, but they're actually, problem aware. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're problem aware. They're posting comments. They're posting content. They're asking questions. But the art form is finding the way that they're talking about the problem. I think this is true in all sales and like true in all outreach. But in on social, people don't use product marketing language. What? I know. Us marketers. How so, was it a big adjustment for you? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It was. So on social, people are going to talk about their challenges in a casual way. Yeah, like right. you're talking to a friend and it's like casual over coffee or it, beers. Or coffee like, house. Yeah. Oh, my manager's 
frustrating me. Mm-hmm. That's how it comes out. But then you're like, oh, cool. Okay, so what's your role? Yeah. What could they be frustrating you about? Or, mm. you know, the phone is killing me. I hate cold calling. Or Does anybody have experience with X problem, right? People yeah. make posts about that all the time. And so the goal is to search for that phrase or phrases when you find them using LinkedIn's normal search. And what all your, it's a bit of an, it's a bit of an art, just so you guys know. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, it, it easy. takes some practice, mm-hmm. put things in quotation marks. Yep. A boolean search, right? Also, you can also go by, go click on posts. Mm-hmm. And then on the top, there's a filter for authors industry, which can be really good. Yeah. So you can get pretty narrow to like the right sorts of people who are posting about it. And I would say, I mean, somebody else articulated this differently, but I've always called these like the Princess Leia prospects who are like, help me, Obi-Wan. Oh yeah, they're ready. You're right. You're my only hope. Help me, basically. And they're going to be like 3% of your prospects. It's going to be a small chunk. Very small. But they're ready. So if they're posting about it, they want to hear from people who can add insight or ask questions or continue the conversation. And so... It is dropping a comment on that post or responding to their comment on somebody else's post and continuing the conversation. So this is not the moment to pitch. And we (laughs) see it. We see it a lot. It is not a moment to pitch in the comments. It is to add something insightful or add an observation. Sort of think coffeehouse rules. How would I guide this conversation if I was sitting across them in a cafe? How would I... Have you thought about this? Have you tried this? Did you see this person's post on this? I saw it just the other day. And continue that conversation with your Princess Leia leads because they're immediately going to pay attention. They're going to look at your profile, back to the credibility challenge. They're going to respond if it's a good comment. And you can keep that going either in the comments or into the DMs. And when you get this dialed in, what you can do is you can take a different one each day. Mm. So you Mm -hmm. you got to figure out, it's almost like building a list, a contextualized list. Yeah. So what are the main things you're searching for on a given day? It might be three things, maybe two things. You could also search hashtags and go through, but a lot of that are people trying to sell stuff. So it's not always the best, (laughs) but how many search terms do you need Mm -hmm. to fill that time block? Mm -hmm. And that's how you have to think about is if I'm going to have a very productive time block, I need to know what I'm searching before I start. Yeah. And then when you do enough of these touches, you notice that your profile views will jump. You'll mm-hmm. notice that you'll start getting people coming inbound that you've never talked to because all you're doing, this is the beauty of the problem aware is you're just continuing the conversation. They've started it. They want to keep going. It's like, remember like the old school days where <laughs> the teacher, like anybody have any questions? You're yeah. like, yeah, but I'm not putting my hand up yeah. to go and ask that question. <laughs> and I'm not going to respond. I know it, but I'm not going to say I mean, There's like the one person in the back, you know, like. I have a question. And they asked the big question that it was on everyone's mind, but nobody wanted to go and ask it. Yeah. And then they asked the question. Everybody's like, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's commenting. Mm-hmm. That is why commenting is so powerful mm-hmm. is because you're having that. When you do this well, you're continuing that conversation that people have in their heads that they're too afraid to go put out there. Yeah. That's why a lot of people don't post. Yep. But they'll see. And especially if you're commenting on people they trust, you're getting trust through association, the credibility again. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. That is a really efficient hour. Yes. So the goal in time blocking and structuring your day, for me at least, comes back to on social, there's less pressure to respond immediately. It may feel like it. It's designed, you know, LinkedIn notifications send you all of the stuff to say, hey, you should come and 
respond to this post. But unlike an email conversation back and forth with a prospect to try and structure time, there's not a lot of pressure necessarily on social to respond immediately to keep the conversation going. And that comes back to the nature of social and building credibility. Because if you're too fast, if you're going, you know, you're really trying to go too hard in the comments, you're trying to get to that meeting, they can smell that they can smell the desperation. And so it's important in structuring your day that even if you're doing this play, that then you can come back later and, you know, not think about it. You have other things to do. You might have sequences to run. You might have to clean up a CRM, you, whatever else you have to do as a part of your job. Then you come back into the, uh, into the social network, into LinkedIn, and you continue that conversation. So finding Princess Leia leads is sort of play number one. <laughs> Thank you for uh, the well-quaffed comment. I, I appreciate that. And yes, Evan, uh, we are somehow in the same country. So thanks for everyone for being here. Actually, this is a really interesting question. Uh, so Patrick Reedy had commented, trying to find my knowledge management audience. How do I see where these guys are posting about this topic? Because most posts related to knowledge management are coming from salespeople trying to promote their services on LinkedIn. So the uh, people in the knowledge management groups won't have real combos on social. Some of this, and this is very common for basically not B2B SaaS. This is where a second power play can come in. And this is some of your content and, and building trust with people indirectly. So some of this comes back to your personal credibility, right? your ability to strike up one-on-one -on -one conversations. And content serves an important role for you, right? Because that allows you to build trust indirectly. But to cut through the noise, you might need to send a connection request or a DM to these folks and strike up a conversation directly with them before you try and nurture them. So you're sort of inverting the pyramid because you've sort of they've tuned out. They said, ah, I'm not going to listen to anything. So you strike up the conversation first as if you were in um, like an in-person conference. If you knew at an in-person conference, most people don't pay attention to social. This has worked really well in the past. Don't pay attention to, to social or whatever. You meet the person. You're like, oh my God, you're really cool. You know a lot of things. That's really awesome. And then every time you log into uh, LinkedIn, you start to see their content. And so they may not like or comment, but they're going to pay attention because you've broken through the brick wall. So some of this may come from finding ways to directly connect with them first, and then later using content mostly to, to nurture them since they've tuned it out. Well, and too, like, so if like coffee rules, if uh -huh. you want to go and be interesting, you have to be interested. And so if you're asking really good questions and trying to get to know them, it's, it goes back to vampire sales. Mm -hmm. If you're just asking good questions, having a good conversation, what naturally happens? People go, so what do you do? They've in now invited you in. So like folklore, vampires weren't allowed in a home unless they were invited. Vampire sales is don't pitch unless you're invited. And it creates a really dynamic conversation. And why this is actually even more important than people realize is if I DM Morgan, mm -hmm. do you know what happens? LinkedIn's like, oh, they know each other. And if you go back and forth a few times, like, oh, they're friends. I'm going to show them more of their content. Mm -hmm. So you've built this good relationship with someone, Patrick, and there now you're just having like a casual conversation. And then all of a sudden, because you're posting good content, it's top of feed, top of mind. So yes, as he commented, just slide into their DMs. That's correct. That is the 
the uh, <laughs> correct way to articulate this. <laughs> so what is another power play that you use Ooh. all the time? On one of, so one of my favorite ones, mm-hmm. and I know Evan calls it the swarm and inform, ah, mm-hmm. but what I always ask is who are the five or 10 people that need to know we exist and what do they need to know before they want to book a meeting with me? Mm. And then I'll start building out a game plan. At an account. Right. Five to 10 people at like a single company. Okay. Yeah. And so then what I'll do is I'll start talking to all of them. And this is kind of, if you guys saw the other day, sometimes I'll just try different frameworks. I get bored and I just need to get out of the monotonous crap. And so like Monday, I start with management. Tuesday and Thursday are technical. So end users of that product that are feeling the pain. It's mm-hmm. part of their jobs to be done. Wednesday is you're going up to seniority. I'll say wisdom. So it's whoever has influence. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday is finance. And so I'll go and talk to everybody and have champions built in that one week that I'll carry in over into other weeks. Mm-hmm. And I can do that in an hour. It doesn't take more because I've done all my account research on that one company. And if I'm talking to the same personas, mm-hmm. it's done. And then if you're dealing with really big accounts, then what you can do is, like I said, the Monday to through Friday plan is, you can work 5, 10, 20 accounts, and then you're just picking the same type of person each day. So when we're talking really clean lists, mm-hmm. it makes this really easy because now you don't have to think about it. You just go. And you, you'll as you do this more and more too, it gets easier to do that research because you're looking. Yes. You're like, oh, I didn't see what I was looking for. I was looking for this or like, oh, they went to school here or they play a sport or Actually, their job has it's weird that they're using lavender. That's cool that they're taking email seriously. Mm-hmm. But these are all conversation points when you're going so narrow on those days mm-hmm. that you can get a lot of counts rolling really fast and make it fun. So uh, can we clear the air really quick? Evan asks, why did he think Nicholas is taller than me? Because I am a flamingo and I have extremely long legs. I'm pink and long-legged. So if I had, if we lined up hips... I, I have a very average to short top part of my, I'm just, I'm all legs. If we meet in person, I'm all legs. That's why. And usually I'm like sitting down for these. So that <laughs> anyways, Ashley asks a, a more serious question, which is when you say you're reaching out to them, is that through sales nav and DMs? Great question. I was actually just about to <laughs> dive into this. Evan, you're on fire as per usual. So the simplest answer is no, not through sales nav and DMs, but there's sort of an order of priority here, right? So the way, at least, and please jump in whenever, the way I think about it is inside the, that list, the five to 10 people that you're going after, who's active? Yeah. And order of priority are people who are posting inside the account, people who are commenting inside the account, and then last priority are lurkers, people who aren't doing either of them. And the reality is there's always, sometimes there, there aren't anybody who's posting content, which is fine, or they're only resharing stuff, which is... they always have salespeople. But they always have salespeople. <laughs> and they also, there's always going to be people who like and comment, right? There's at least one person. And so I always start there. Who's active, right? Low-hanging fruit. And on their last comment, I'll maybe reply. Or on a piece of content that they share, I'll comment or ask a question, or I'll see the influencers that the that person or the people who are active follow and engage with, follow those influencers and hop into those comments so that even if I'm not directly engaging 
with the prospect's activity, I'm indirectly engaging with their activity. So they see my comments from the influencers. But then the third tier is a good chunk of LinkedIn, which is lurkers, people who don't post and people who don't comment. So how do you like to deal with lurkers inside accounts? Just to even ask, like answer Ashley's question really simply. Yeah. I warm up accounts by commenting first. Mm -hmm. We use something called the rule of three. Once we have three back and forth conversations in the DMs, preferably in one one chat. Yeah, one chat. Yep. I'll send a connection request continuing that conversation from the comments because they're open to talking to you. Mm -hmm. So then I'll move it. Mm -hmm. And that's when you can start doing fun stuff. Michael, I just wrote any uh, strategy related to smart links. This gets really fun. Now when the conversation is open and they've told you something, your discovery starts. You don't have to go in a meeting to be doing your discovery. And no. quite frankly, your discovery should start when you're prospecting because you're doing your account research. Mm-hmm. And smart links, like a, a link shortener through LinkedIn, can be a really fun way to actually start threading. Mm-hmm. Multi-thread right off the bat and giving them resources. Like, hey, I know you guys are just talking about this and we are, I was talking with so-and-so. Yeah, Here's a resource I think would really help. And what you're doing is you're, you're helping them get to the place where they're ready to buy. And I've seen Jesse Ouellette use uh, smart links in comments, which is a really interesting strategy. Oh, really? But it has to be, I, I would say, you know, if you look at the activity feed, if you asked me personally, it's like sometimes really effective, sometimes not. And the times that it's really effective are when somebody is asking for a specific resource, duh, right? Like, of course, right? So being able to put together a smart links resource of like, we were just chatting about this the other day and drop it in. Or it, as Nick was saying in the DMs, you can do discovery without a call. Like you, you should be at least. You should be trying to validate your assumptions with the the people that you're trying to go after. And what that means is you can use SmartLinks resources to begin to compile the information that your account needs based on the conversations you're having with all of the people throughout the account. And then you can have either one hub, multiple hubs, however it needs to be structured. So it all lives in one place. And obviously, there's some analytics there. But then your prospects, the people or that you're trying to route into also have that resource and they can share around internally. We don't really use smart links, but we have other ways of compiling resources. And Just I will say, DM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we It is astounding to me, the number of times that leads will share stuff inside their own account without ever telling you. So if it's a good enough resource, if it's a good enough piece of information, if it's insightful, if it's frame breaking or whatever else it needs to be, you can use that as a part of your outbound strategy. And with smart links, that's now an intent trigger Mm -hmm. that can guide you to have better conversations. I want to be very clear about something though. With social selling, there's part prospecting Mm -hmm. and there's part demand gen. Yeah. Right. So like Morgan was talking about the influencers. So like the people that speak at the trade shows that aren't like the celebrity status, but uh, not Gary Vee. Yeah. Right. Not the 5 million followers. We're, but yeah. Yeah. Like somewhere between like five and 25 mm-hmm, thousand. Mm-hmm. That's who people follow. That's a demand strategy by getting in their comments and getting to earn their trust. And then you get trust through association. Mm-hmm. That's a demand gen side. What we're talking about right now too, with the account side, that's prospecting and it's account by account, but you should do all of it. This is how you can actually stop cold calling is when you go and layer this in. So if you start your day with demand gen, like what I was saying 
I do my morning and my, my evening. That's my demand gen. That's me continuing conversations and comments, but I'm never bored because there's always, <laughs> I'm, I'm building conversations over days or weeks. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the day is when I get really strategic on my accounts. Yeah which can be on the phone, which can be through social. Mm-hmm. And that's when we'll start doing like, I'll pick an account and I'll swarm. My goal is to get them talking about me. Evan's really good at this. Mm-hmm. Is somebody to go go through his activity? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. You might get lost in the vortex going through his activity feed. Actually, he brings up a really interesting point in a comment, which is super true for me too. If I do DM, I pr- prefer DMs over sales nav because I forget to check sales nav. Correct. I don't use sales navs inbox. It's just, I don't use it as a buyer and I don't use it as a seller. And anytime, anytime, anytime you send a connection request yep. through there and mark them as a lead. Yep. And if you send a personalized note, it only goes to the sales nav inbox. Yep. So just so you know, if you're, if you're one of those people that you need to have the blinders and <laughs> can't do that and yeah. you want to do all your account management and strategy just in sales nav, mm-hmm. you can do that. Mm-hmm. But it's a separate inbox. Yeah. And that has screwed me more times than I care to admit because I forget about it. And it doesn't give you notifications all the time. And also LinkedIn's a social media platform. Like use the D. Now, I was was actually going to write a post this morning about how horrible LinkedIn's normal inbox is. Sidestepping that, it is most people don't have the sorts of inbox activity that we might. So just using the normal DMs, just using the normal inbox on LinkedIn is a lot easier for the buyer because it's the normal inbox for them. And you might as well just use it the way your buyer uses things, right? Like that's the ultimate principle here. All you're doing is running a sequence that's getting people offensive. It's it's (laughs) something special. Something special. You're just trying to get people again to pay attention to you, to build credibility, all those foundational challenges. So honest question, when do you send connection requests? When do you like to? When I feel like I know them. Mm. So <laughs> one thing I learned early in sales is that we, I used to play a game when I would train my reps and I called it the race to commonality. Mm-hmm. I actually used to send them out to bars, to get them to talk to girls because they were the hardest people to talk to because you had to be relevant really fast or they'd tell you to mm-hmm. you know, yeah, get yeah. going. Uh-huh. And, but it was, it, I call it the race to commonality. So what happens is when you meet somebody and you find something they love, they lean in, they pick up their voice, their whole posture changes. They're like, everything changes and they lean in and they're interested mm-hmm. and they're pick up the rate of the, how they talk. I watch for that in comments and I look at how quickly they're getting back to me. I look at how much detail they're giving me. Are they using emotional language? And I'm looking at, are they being more open with me? That is my sign that I've earned the right to send a connection request. Mm-hmm. It, you got to think about it like meeting somebody at a coffee shop. If it feels right, if it's something you would actually do in person mm-hmm. and you're, the conversation's going, why wouldn't you send a connection request? Right. And this is where, I mean, even thinking about lurkers or thinking about people who are above the power line in certain organizations, there are moments, but it is a smaller percentage than you think that you can send a really well-crafted connection request. But the goal of that connection request is to generate an immediate response like a cold email, right? There's going to be very, I mean, there's going to be difference in how it's formatted, but the sort of objective is going to be very similar. So either you're connecting with them because they're active on the platform and you know them well enough, like what Nick had laid out, you can comment without ever having sent a connection request. You can love talking with people, right? So when it comes to direct connection requests and actually getting somebody's attention, 
You want to personalize that and formulate that in a way that's going to generate an immediate response. And Nick and I get dozens of personalized connection requests every week. And I can count on one hand, perhaps one finger, the number of times that they're actually good. And we're talking about in the last year. Yeah. (laughs) Not this week. Not this week. Like, (laughs) Like I can, I genuinely probably can only think of like one or two connection requests that I've personally received that I went, ah, this is good. I'm going to respond to this. Most of the time, people waste the personalization box on nonsense, basically. It's like, hey, I saw you engaged on this. I don't care. Like as the buyer, I don't know, whatever. Because this wasn't the case eight months ago, by the way. Nowadays, people have abused this so much that if you send a personalized uh, connection request to somebody cold who you haven't interacted with, and it's formulated on some personalized BS. Hey, I saw you engaged on this post. Hey, I saw you commented. Hey, I saw we went to the same college together. You know what's going to happen? Now, I accept every connection request I get because I want to see what happens so we understand what's going on on the platform. Most people will ignore them in our experiments and with the sales team to work with. (laughs) (laughs) But what then happens is my little antennas go up, the red flag goes up, and I say, they're going to pitch me. And eight times in 10, they pitch me. And some of that's an automation sequence that they shouldn't be using. But other times, it's they're they're actually manually following up and they're saying, look at me, look how great I am. You should buy things from me without ever having a conversation on social. And so that personalized connection request to somebody cold has to be like an exceptionally well-crafted cold email that prompts a response. That taps into the narrative already in their head. And they're like, how do you know that? That's when it's okay to send that. Yes, 100%. That's that's hard because Mm -hmm. you have to be really dialed in and have done your research to really answer why them, Mm -hmm. why now? And that bar is higher on social than it is on email because people don't... Especially now. And people are tired of the crap of spam artists, right? And they're also... The higher bar is there because of the credibility challenge again. It's not just... People log into LinkedIn. They don't want to be pitched, right? Nobody logs into LinkedIn in the morning and goes, I can't wait to get sold. And the same is probably true for email, right? Like, what... (laughs) <laughs> did you like the little yeah, <laughs> So um, the, the same goes for email, but people expect it in email. And, you know, there's some technology allows you to do it, but people can't really opt out of it on email. They can opt out of it on social. They'll just ignore your connection request. They'll block you. They'll report you, whatever, right? Instead, if you spend the time warming up the account on the front end or sending a really well-crafted connection request, it bypasses those mental spam filters to get into their inbox and to generate a, a, a response. But again, it's going to be a very small percentage. It's basically like, um, as Jordan Crawford says, there's a ditch. You're going to hit a ditch unless if you work with me. Like that sort of timing. Not, I just saw you, I'm sorry, but I just saw you hired a director of sales enablement. We have a sales enablement platform that product feature set, blah, 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 blah. Can we have a time this week? Like that's not worth anybody's time. It's, 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 it's not going to do it. No, Morgan's had his brand. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I just, I want to make sure you guys kind of see the outline, the framework that I, that we, we found that worked. Mm-hmm. And I think the only way to do it is just do it like a really quick recap in these last 10 minutes is. Social selling is a mix of demand gen mm-hmm. and prospecting. The demand gen is the engagement in public that earns the conversation in private. And what you're doing is in the, you can call the heels of the day or like the morning and night is you're just carrying conversations and keeping that flowing. So 
The morning feeds the afternoon, the afternoon feeds the morning and the following day. So you're building momentum each day. During the middle of the day is when you work your accounts specifically. What I have found is it typically only takes a week to break into the account because once you've broke into the account, now you can just keep conversations going. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with the morning and the afternoon. The thing that I see happen too often is people don't prioritize ongoing conversations. It's so true. And mm -hmm. LinkedIn DMs get, uh, we, won't, we, won't go, we won't go there, but like, so if you go and prioritize the conversations every single day, so you have your demand gen where you're posting that really good piece of content that's high value, you're commenting on those influencers so that people are seeing you and you're getting trust and getting recognized and having mm -hmm. that credibility. Now you're moving into your account management, but you should continue the conversations mm -hmm. that are happening. Mm -hmm. Let it happen in its own time. People don't want to talk to you every day necessarily when you're working your accounts, right? Like, especially when you get to C-suite, unless it's something worth talking about, it might be over a course of a month. So if you always have that bench of 20 to 50 conversations of accounts, that is how I found that I could go and stop hustling and get really strategic by just working that bench of ongoing conversations. And what I do is I try to have 50% new conversations as well, or a little less to keep feeding that bench. So if, if people timing's not right, yeah. I don't have the necessarily the right product fit for what they need for that specific problem that we nailed. Mm -hmm. Then I have somebody to replace that person on the bench. And that's how this feeds that 80% plus of your meetings is because it's not day by day. It's not hour by hour. It's something that actually builds momentum with every day that you are consistent. Consistency is key. And so you got your demand gen, you got your prospecting. And the no, the reason that the momentum builds is because it is demand gen. Like, let's just get this kind of out of the way. It's not because, I mean, sure, your prospecting can be great. And yes, you can find the right timing and the right accounts. But the reality is you are building up credibility in the market and awareness in the market for people to know you, who you are, through your comments, through your content, through your conversations. So when the time is right, they become inbound. This is, we talk a lot about outbound that becomes inbound, right? That's the demand gen thing. You're technically running an outbound strategy. You're commenting, you're connecting with people, you're putting out content, which is, you know, it's indirect, but you're educating the market, you're putting together good resources. All of this is outbound on social. You're going out to where the conversations are happening, blah, 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 blah. That becomes inbound over time if you keep up, as Nick said, your consistency, because now people have a reason to talk to you. They go, oh, I, we need that software platform. Who's the person that works there? They look at your LinkedIn profile. So now you get a profile visit. Then they message you and they're like, we need to talk. And that's not because you were prospecting them. That's because you were doing all this other stuff on demand gen that's technically outbound and, on social. And honestly, this as sellers, this is your lifeline. Mm -hmm. And nobody talks about this. We are self-sufficient when we go and use social in this manner. And you can nobody says you can't phone and email as well. Just warming up with social makes you recognized and credible. So say you do a bunch of discos this week mm -hmm. and you heard the same problem articulated in the same way. What can you do? Post a piece of content on it. And because LinkedIn loves when you're talking in the DMs, it prioritizes your content. So even though you're connected and maybe you're not having like really in-depth conversations, but you're staying in touch, right? You're keeping the conversation going, keeping the account warm. You're top of feed and top of mind. 
And it's really easy for people to share that because they don't have to share any information to do it and they can do it in private. Yes. But this is how social selling can go wrong is because people will do just content creation. They're like, it's too slow. Yeah. Yeah. It's content just takes, content. <laughs> content can take quite a while to work. Can. Uh-huh. Commenting works really fast. As long as you're not expecting to book a meeting right away. Mm-hmm. If you're using some of the power plays, like we were talking about, like people that are problem aware and they're complaining online. Yeah. You can book a meeting instantly. Mm -hmm. Like we said, Evan's incredible at it. Mm -hmm. But what you guys need to do is build your own power play library and use the key plays in your week that get you to your goal. Mm -hmm. And when you structure it this way, you take yourself out of the chaos and you're not, you're not just running wild. And I think that was the hardest part, even when we started, was so how the hell do you organize your day and not feel like you're losing your mind to social? And you know what the really cool part is when you start running these plays and as you're learning more about customers, hey, did you notice that they're like IT people are on Reddit? Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so now I can like, yeah, I did actually know that. Well, maybe I should go and start writing on Reddit as well and like add just a, a weekly block of one hour just so I'm showing up. Yep. Hey, did you see that TikTok? Like the comments are getting better. Maybe for B2B, like Chili mm-hmm. Piper's doing, maybe we should go and like do a, like even just a couple pieces of content every week. But this is what happens is when you get out of the chaos, mm-hmm. you can start picking what you want to do with your time. And if you track what is starting meaningful conversations, screw activities, all the other crap. <laughs> My goal is always five meaningful conversations a day minimum. Mm-hmm. Look at what's getting you the most meaningful conversations. And you'll notice this trend that you might string conversations on a little bit longer doing something like this. For sure, yeah. But the really neat thing is, I, I, I call it it's like buying a suit. Mm. I've already bought the suit. I just need the tailoring. You've sold them the suit through all these conversations. They bought you. They bought into the company. Mm-hmm. They bought into the overall solution and that you understand their problem better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And now it's coming in for the tailoring. They're like, so how do you custom fit this to me so that I get the right impact that I need to move this forward. And I posted about this the other day. If you check out, there's a cool little graphic. Um, In, let's say, traditional selling, so phone and email in person, the most of this work happens when the lead is in pipeline. So yeah, from first touch to qualified pipeline in traditional sales can be pretty quick. They're a qualified op or a sales accepted opportunity or however your pipeline is set up. But then the reason the sale takes so long is because you're doing all of this work while they are in qualified pipeline. In social, it changes. You do the work before their qualified pipeline, right? Before they're a sales accepted opportunity, you're doing all of this credibility work up front so that by the time they come to you, by the time, as Nick says, they bought the suit, they're ready, basically. They just need the tailoring. They have a few final concerns, a few final questions, but that's why deals generated on social close quickly is because you've done all of the traditional sales work up front. So by the time they reach out to you and they say, Hey, we should have a meeting, that deal moves like that. Like it's, you know what surprised me too? hmm. You can do a lot of disco and DMs. So much discovery in DMs (laughs) and like multi threading and so much work can be done in the DMs and comments. Mm hmm. But it's like we've taught ourselves that if it's not in a meeting, it's not discovery. Right. But when you're building your account research and you're building that out, whether it's in the CRM or a separate doc, mm-hmm. this is how when you do your power hours, 
and you do your 30 minutes of list building, your actual power hour, and then your 30 minutes of admin, that's where that admin piece comes in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. guys, like if you're feeling overwhelmed, shoot us a DM. We'd yeah. be happy to point you in the right direction. We have been there. We are not gurus. We are people who found 10,000 ways for things not to work, which means I was flat on my face uh, every single day <laughs> for the last year, just embarrassed and like, oop, that one didn't work. Or, oh, we gosh, still I do that. I'll, like, I'll, I'll message Morgan and be like, so I ran this experiment. <laughs> Uh, it didn't work. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't work at all. Same. Same. <laughs> it was really bad. Same though, and and it's important to do that. It's important to know, and in traditional sales too, not every email is going to land. Not every phone call is going to go great. Not every message you send on social is going to be perfect either. That's just the nature of the game. So here's the thing: we've brought up this term power play a number of times. So if you're with us, you can go to b2bpowerhour.com and join a waitlist for a power play library that we're putting together. And it's basically an ad hoc version of us to be able to, how do you do a prospecting power hour? How do you do some of this LinkedIn stuff? Um, We're rolling it out soon. We're doing little cohorts. So if you want to join the waitlist, go to the site. There's a link, power play library, join it there. We want to to take the guesswork out of your guys' days. Yeah. That was what it was originally what we started doing for ourselves mm-hmm. is just like, what are the plays that actually work? So I can take some of the thinking out of just what the hell to do. And now, now, now I guess we're making it. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know we were doing this today, but <laughs> now it's available. It's, well, the wait list is the full thing is in progress and we'd love to have you join. Oh, also guys, mm. Morgan has been doing the most insane update to the LinkedIn sales guide. Oh Yeah. That's happening. You guys have an unlimited subscription. Like you keep getting all of the updates. Yeah. Stay tuned in the next week or two. Yeah, a couple of weeks. We'll be sharing some stuff if you're not following along. So, but really to close this out, you can do so much on social. You can build a company if you really wanted to. We did. (laughs) You can start a live show. You can build a community. You can go and make longtime friends. And you can definitely book more than 80% of your meetings on social. And I think the one thing I you guys know. Close this out. It's 2022. Mm-hmm. Nobody should be suffering in silence. Sales, marketing, CS. If you guys are here and you need help, please reach out. Reach out to anybody in the comments. Reach out to us personally in the DMs. You don't have to buy anything. No. We want to support you because we know what it's like to feel like the world is against you and you just don't know what to do. Yeah. And it's not fair when you don't have anyone to talk to because we're all stuck in our little hidey holes. So guys, if you need help, please reach out. We're happy to help you. And thank you so much for joining us for this special in-person event. And we can't (laughs) wait to see you guys again next week. Sounds good. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Did you love today's episode? Subscribe now to have our three weekly episodes waiting for you. And if you really like our content, please leave a five-star review. But if you're not ready to give us a review, check out another episode and follow us on LinkedIn. We'd love to win you over. See you next time. See you next time.